Okay, thank you. Um, the trouble with King's Fund reports is they're all so bloody sensible and it's very difficult to find anything to disagree with, and I don't think I have done, really. I also very strongly agree with much of what the, my fellow contributors have said. But I'll try and pick out some of the things that maybe people haven't given the same uh, emphasis to. I'm very struck in the report by the analysis of, you know, A, we've said all this before, but nothing has happened. What are the blockers? And how can we overcome those blockers? Alongside that, very interested in what you say about complex adaptive systems. I have the, the urge to simplify and, and think, no, there must be some simplicities here that we can bring to this complexity. Uh, and that's what I'm going to try to do. First of all, I wasn't planning to say this, but I think the, the comments were made about smoking and alcohol and obesity are really, really profound. And I absolutely agree. Uh, if nothing else, we need to carry on the public health agenda and put more energy, uh, not just smoking, particularly alcohol, which I think is, the, you know, nobody really wants to do anything about alcohol, uh, and that can't be right. And uh, I thought I was unshockable, but the 11 million extra obese people by 2030, I hadn't seen that figure before. That makes, that's gobsmacking, and we've got to do something about that. Now the things I actually plan to say. There are things that politicians uh, and system leaders can do and can choose not to do that will make a difference, and we should encourage them to do that. So point number one, uh, we, uh, and you've alluded to it in the report, I put it in a stronger way, we all of us in the health community should be putting pressure on politicians in all the parties to say you have got to stop buggering around with structures because that is a diversion. It's got to stop. And so, for example, the Labour Party in their manifesto for the next election mustn't say, in my view, that we are going to mess around with a structure and repeal parts of the NHS and Social Care Act, etc. We know that's the wrong way to go. So I would recast your message around we need to focus on services rather than structures in a rather more powerful and robust way. Because we know that damages care and we know something can be done about it and it's about a self-denying ordinance by politicians. Politicians are going to have to learn to do the boring stuff, which is implementing and not the exciting, whizzy stuff uh, the initiatives, which, which we know are not, are not good value. So that's something that can be done, in a sense, by not doing something. The other thing that I think we just have to grasp the nettle of, we can do something about social care funding, how much public money goes in, who pays for what, how much contribution is made from the individual. This has been kicked into the long grass. There's now an opportunity, perhaps with the reshuffle, to bring social care funding to the fore and finally get that sorted out. It's not a panacea but it's, an, it's a necessary but not sufficient condition for uh, creating a climate where we can have a sustainable health service. We've just got to do that. And I think we, particularly those of us in the voluntary sector, have got to carry on banging on to politicians that they've got to sort this out, uh, as I've said in this room before, I think. The third thing is um, politicians and system leaders can... How can they manage complexity? They can send simpler signals to the system, and those signals will continue to be incredibly important. The signals from the Department of Health the signals from the commissioning board to the CCGs and all the rest of it. So what might they be? And I've tried to keep it really simple. I think we should go back to Darcy, go back to Holy Writ. You know, quality should be the organising principle of the NHS, or indeed of health and social care. I think I would adapt that. That is so profound, and if we were really serious about that, we'd start to solve some of the other issues, like, you know, where do we have the location of care? Why aren't we running a 24-7 service rather than a 9-to-5, Monday-to-Friday service? Quality, the organising principle, it's got to be safe. 
it's got to work and the experience of the patient and the service user has got to be good. And if the whole of the energies of the system were focused on what I like to call the Darcy Holy Trinity of quality, I think we'd be making progress. And I think we want to hold people to account for how well they were doing that in a, in a, in a crunchy way. So that's one message that could be sent to the system. The second is this lovely document, uh, famously unheard of, the NHS Constitution, um, Declaration of Interest. I'm on a working party that's due to give uh, advice commissioned by Andrew Lansley that will now go to Jeremy Hunt on how this document could be strengthened. It's pretty good, actually. It's fine words. It doesn't have a lot of teeth. But above all, the NHS Constitution is an encapsulation of the values of healthcare as we do it in this country. And I think we could, uh, you know, if the NHS did what it says in the NHS Constitution, we'd be getting a long way further forward. It's about values uh, as much as it is about rights and pledges, which is also in the Constitution. What I'm saying is, I guess, consonant with what others said about taking personal responsibility, professionalism, uh, the desire to do the best you possibly can for your patient. That's all in the Constitution. And I think that, um, uh, you know, my advice to Jeremy Hunt in, in the open letter I sent uh, yesterday was, you know, if you want to leave a good legacy, try and make the NHS do what it says on the tin in this document. I think my final point is really about shared decision-making. So Andrew Lansley was much derided, I think, in the end, for his repetition, endless repetition of his slogan, no decision about me without me. I think partly because nobody really knew what he meant by that. I think he meant a lot of different things. But actually, no decision about me without me is really important. I think in this room, uh, Professor Al Mully gave a very impassioned speech about the importance of shared decision-making, and he couched it in a polemical way, which I quite like. That's a bit too polemical, but if you're not doing shared decision-making, you are misdiagnosing patient preferences and therefore li liable to make wrong decisions, wrong in terms of quality, wrong in terms of experience, uh, possibly wrong in terms of allocation of limited resources. So the shared decision-making piece really matters. And I think we really need to gear up the system. And it's not just about the sloganising, and it's not just about decision aids. I think it is about the way we recruit and train people and continue to support them in the professions to do this properly, as well as about educating and informing patient expectations. So we've got to get that patient involvement piece right if we care about quality. So that's one strand of no decision about and without me. Second strand, I think, is uh, it's also alluded to in your excellent report, providing the right kind of support for people to manage their conditions, particularly when they have lots of them, knowing that most of the time they're having to get on and manage their own lives and only tangentially and occasionally uh, come into contact with the healthcare system. We've got to enable them to manage their conditions more successfully. There are models for this, the year of care model, for example, which I think you allude to. We just need to get on and roll these approaches out across the system. Uh, this is a bit of the future that is already here, but is not evenly distributed. Uh, but we could do this. It's within our grasp. And I think the final point, just going back to what Anna was saying about the need to redesign services, people, citizens, patients absolutely need to be involved in those decisions. And the more they're involved and the more they can be helping to co-design those services, the more likely those services are to be relevant, uh, uh, good quality uh, and uh, good value for money. So no decision about me without me was perhaps a bit of a silly slogan, but if you um, disaggregate it into some of its separate strands, there's really important stuff, all of which we actually know how to do because it's been done in part and we need to roll it out. Thank you. Thanks, Sharon.